The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I am Craig Wade. And I am Brian Delaney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to redo but, that? No. Oh, okay. Just, okay. I, I didn't know if you were... I mean, I, I know you were making fun of me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you, uh, in the process of making fun of me, lost... You know, no, I'm I'm cool. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. Today we are covering Skins by Wrath James White, and the brand new Shutter exclusive film Yummy. But before we get into any of that, got any news you want to talk about? Uh, I think I have like one thing, <laughs> it's always, but it's <laughs> what? It's always you think you have one thing. Well, I mean, okay. First of all, <laughs> things are slow right now. What? Second of all, other stuff you don't care about, like that they're going to make a new Constantine movie. I care about that. Like- what? <laughs> Constantine. So, so HBO Max has gotten like uh, all of the Warner Brothers stuff, uh-huh. right? And they've started. They they've gotten um, like the new season of Doom Patrol, and they're doing like uh, some other like uh, what Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League and stuff is all coming out on on HBO Max now. But they've also announced that they're doing a Justice League Dark show, which or movie, which is like Supernatural Justice League. Mm-hmm. Right, um, where it's like the the magical side of it. Um, Guillermo del Toro was actually in talks of doing it a long time ago. Whenever it was announced uh, years back, whenever the the Justice League movie came out, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think he's still attached or anything. But that would have been pretty great. Um, but they've announced that they're doing uh, a Constantine, or if you want to be. I guess comics accurate. Hellblade. Constantine. Oh God. But <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're gonna do that one. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be the same guy who's been playing him in the TV show. Um, uh, you know what? I, I remember seeing like a thing about that, and I don't Matt believe Ryan. it is. And yeah, I don't. I don't think it. it's gonna be him. But I mean, I'm sure he would if given the chance. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, but people get mad about everything. But yeah, I was going to say, you you know, people were mad about that. But, you know, whatever. Obviously, the correct choice is sequel to the Keanu Reeves movie. (laughs) Dude, everyone I know likes that movie and I've never watched it. I bought it. I bought it a while back for a buck and it's been on my to be watched pile. But instead... It has been uh, jumped forward by the Goonies twice, and I'm not even a huge Goonies fan. <laughs> Dude, it's great. Shia LaBeouf's in it. Is he? Well, you sold me. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel Weiss. I'm not a big too. Shia LaBeouf fan, in theory, but then when I watch something with him in it, I, I, I like it. Yeah. It's it's that Holes, man. Did you, you watch Honey Boy? Holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Holes. Did you watch Honey Boy? No pretty good pretty damn good it's like his life story but he Uh plays his dad (laughs) it's pretty weird like it's good like his dad's like just this semi-racist asshole you know who doesn't have his life together and he's like you know taking his money his even steven's money and stuff Uh but yeah it's pretty much like that now, i, I want to even say he's like a sex offender in the movie <laughs> like and if this isn't true like, like he's just got some just, deep rooted 
anger <laughs> towards his father. Yeah, yeah. I, and I saw a thing like some uh, somebody Amazon put out the movie, and it never says that it's about Shia LaBeouf, but he wrote it during uh, therapy, and in the movie. <laughs> In the movie, like, in the movie, the main character got in trouble with the law and needed to write about his life, and so he's recapping all of it, and then Shia mm-hmm. LaBeouf plays the dad, and he's like a uh, rodeo clown. <clears throat> <laughs> I shit you not, dude, this is a weird movie. You gotta watch it. It's on Prime. It, it's re- it's pretty good, but, like, he's a rodeo clown, and he's really mad because uh, Shia LaBeouf has, like, you know, big brothers and big sisters. Uh-huh. Uh, he's got a big brother, you know, that takes him to do stuff, and he's not supposed to take him to do certain things because he can't go everywhere because he's like a sex offender, <laughs> and and like he just squats their ass in this terrible seedy motel outside of California so he can pocket all the per diem from even Stevens. It's it's really <laughs> this movie's fucking weird. You should watch it. It's pretty good, Honey Boy. Anyway, back to Constantine. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's just it. Like. <laughs> Um, they're, they're, I don't know, it's just sort of in the talks thing, right? Um, which, I mean, I'll, I'm actually very excited about, uh, HBO getting behind all this, uh, um, DC stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause like their, their Watchmen sequel is fantastic. Yeah. Like, um, there was a couple, like there was one episode in particular um, I remember uh, texting Rodney from, uh, you know, Longbox Small Talk <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh, Nerds on the Left. But, uh, uh, like, after I watched it, because we were kind of watching it, like, not together, but, you know. Yeah, in tandem. About the episodes. <laughs> and I was like, this is this might be one of the best episodes of not just The Watchmen, but television I've ever seen. Yeah, I've heard like, nothing but great things. I've seen the first two episodes in, in classic Craig Wade fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it. I will be honest. It kind of starts a little slow, mm-hmm. but once the story starts coming together, it's fantastic. What I gathered was that it, it looked really good. Um, it, it the characters didn't seem, and, and maybe because of familiarity and everything, the characters didn't seem super grabbing to me. But I'm sure mm-hmm. it's great. Everyone I know that watches it says it's great. I mean, the only the only real characters that are in it that were in the original Watchmen were, um, well, there's a little bit of Silk Spectre in there, but like uh, Ozymandias and a little bit of Doctor Manhattan. That's it. Yeah, that's all brand new people. That's what I'm saying. Like because yeah. of no, lack of familiarity, like yeah, yeah, nobody, okay. nobody really. But whatever. I mean, it looked cool. Looked really yeah. cool. But yeah, I mean. So I mean, I don't if they're have... gonna throw anything, you know, behind it like the the level of quality that they did for for Watchmen, um, I think that's like what DC's like cinematic universe needs mm-hmm. is some sort of um, someone better uh, than DC to, to guide it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, DC's got great characters. Yeah. Like, it's just. I don't know why they haven't succeeded like Marvel, uh, you know, because Marvel's got awesome characters, too, and all of that. But DC has been more like, I want to say like theirs is more realistic in the sense of a lot of their stories are more like crime based. You know, you have a lot. Well, especially like in Batman. But (laughs) the 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 other side of that is like, um. They they have a lot more overpowered like godlike characters too like Superman and everyone in that range of people like the Flash and Wonder Woman and Greenland they're all se- severely overpowered yeah whereas like you know look at um m- m- you know Marvel's like big Avengers people you've got literally a dude from World War Two you got another guy in a suit. But then you have like a literal god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but but you know what I mean. And it's like you got Black Widow is just a regular person. Hawkeye is just a regular person, right? And these are like, <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> I, I saw your face <laughs> mentioning <laughs> Hawkeye. Like, <laughs> I like to pretend he doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, but I mean, and like, and, and so I think I don't know. It, it's just weird because 
it's just I don't even know what's wrong with it, which is the weird thing. You know, it's like why did Justice League fail when Avengers didn't? You know, and it's just like I don't even know what was well, wrong with that movie. Well, <laughs> I think I think Marvel makes better films. Yeah, like they're good films regardless of superheroes or not. And not you know, yeah. hey, I'm not the world's biggest superhero guy, right? But they're good films. Whereas DC makes popcorn films for the yeah. most part. It, throw the Nolan trilogy aside, and they've all been popcorn films. Even that uh, that Birds of Prey film, which I really liked, wasn't mm-hmm. like it was literally just popcorn film. It was just like yeah. you know, and they leaned into it, and it was real like overly dumb and shit like that. But like mm-hmm. they leaned into it that time, so. I don't know. I, it was I, a little more successful because it was like a comedy that had superheroes in it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's what, what Marvel does well is like they're all genres. You know, like Ant-Man was a heist movie, but yeah. with superheroes. <laughs> I can't you know hear I mean? Ant-Man without thinking of uh, like... Uh, the old SNL skits? No, no. Whenever... Uh, so my daughter got an Ant-Man figure and she wanted uh-huh. to know all about him, but I didn't know a whole lot about Ant-Man because at that time I hadn't seen the movie and I barely knew the the him. And I'm like, you know, he's he can shrink and he can get big and he can manipulate objects to do the same. And she's like, uh-huh. And she's like, what's he say? And I'm like, uh, I'm Ant-Man. And so she kept going... <laughs> Ant-Man! And so that's what I hear every time. But every time it was, I'm Ant-Man! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That is like an 80s He-Man like level voice right there. Dude, this was like when she was, I don't know, two? And, you know, she's almost five now. And, like, freaking... uh Every time, still, she's like, when like when we watch the movie and stuff, she's like, Ant Man, like I'm Ant Man. <laughs> <She's still laughs> yep, that's him. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, did you uh, happen to see that the Amityville house is on sale? No. <laughs> you want to go half these? Sure. I mean, why not? Uh, it's probably <laughs> out of our price range. Probably way out of our <laughs> price range. You know, though, the, there were things... Uh, I forget what documentary it was about the people. I think it was the My Amityville Horror, um, mm-hmm. where basically no one... Anyone that moved in that house after them, nobody like experienced anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much just been a grift. Yeah, it's just... Allegedly. <laughs> like someone would sue our podcast <laughs> allegedly a grift <laughs> but still whatever either yeah. way kind of kind of neat <laughs> guess it's been a slow news week uh what was it there is who was it shutters picking up a film that was filmed on zoom called host uh, it's okay. going to be a July 30th release, and basically they're doing a seance over Zoom. Nice. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Now, okay, now if that were, like, if you, say if you're going to do a Ouija board over Zoom, does, like, one person need the Ouija board and, like, everybody else just kind of hangs out? Or do you all get your own individual Ouija boards? Um, I don't know. No, well, see, this is a seance, so it's not Ouija. No, board. I understand. I'm just, I'm just asking. I, I've seen a podcast a where they tried to do it, and one person just was like, uh, like concentrating on it, and then the other two people were on one side, and so it was two people there doing it. But yeah. uh, it, I mean, it never worked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not like this was a successful one. They just laughed the entire time they were like you're not concentrating hard enough <laughs> to the- okay so if you do it like okay like are you expecting the ghost to like join the zoom call <laughs> like how how is it how is a seance work or does it like talk does it appear in i would assume or- that it goes into each of the people's houses i don't no, think he's gonna pop like- up in his own window why not <laughs> I mean that'd be cool. That's how Unfriended worked. Did you ever watch it? Nope. Spoiler alert. I mean it wasn't it wasn't a séance. You need to watch it though. I mean, if nothing else, watch it with the perspective that they weren't forced into making some Zoom movie. You know, like this was yeah. just a, a decision they made. But 
unlike everything from TV shows to like nighttime news now, like all of it's via Zoom and it's weird and shitty. It, it, it really illuminates the fact that like a lot of people on YouTube are better than professionals. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, like, they're also set up for that sort of thing. I get it, but you have like these massive, you know, these massive uh, companies and stuff like SNL and stuff like that, where they give them like professional great equipment. And some SNL is great on it. I'm not going to say it's not, but I don't know. It, it just really uh, shows that a lot of YouTube people are better than I gave them credit for. What what I think is very interesting or eye-opening um, with the <laughs> SNL is the discrepancy between the cast members' apartments. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> there are some people on there who are, like, living in, like, a one-bedroom studio apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then it's, like, other people look like they have these, like, big, nice houses in New York. And you're just like, that's just bizarre. Yeah. But it's probably, like, a seniority thing. Yeah, but maybe, it, uh, maybe, yeah, because it's a lot of the newer people. The are, feature are, players are like <laughs> their roommates are hanging out in the back and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then there's Pete Davidson who's living at his mom's house in Staten yeah, Island, in his basement, in his mom's basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see? Okay, so uh, this has been since the last podcast, but it's not recent news. Uh, Evil Dead stopped us before. <laughs> yeah, Evil Dead Two star Danny Hicks. Uh, yeah, passed, he died. He died. Yeah. yeah. There's actually been quite a few, like, r- relatively high-profile deaths in the last, like, two weeks or so. Him? Good lord. Sorry. Do <laughs> you need to get that? No, it was a, it's an alarm. Oh. Um, so... <laughs> was that, like, breaking glass and wind chimes? It was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is it's not even up that loud. It's just underneath my microphone. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Two uh, from Evil Dead died. Um, Ennio Morricone died. Uh, Charlie Daniels died. Yeah, you know, your hero. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, yeah, Morricone died what, four days ago, something like that. Uh, yeah, di- well, yeah, 5th of July, 6th of July. Yeah, well, today's the 7th. It was more than yeah. yesterday, right? No, it was it was over the weekend. Today's Tuesday. <laughs> I was just I, saying. Okay, <laughs> we don't have We don't have perspective on time right now. No, because <laughs> it's freaking quarantine. <laughs> July 6th. Okay, so it was yesterday. Yeah. I mean, uh huh. Ninety-one years old. Ninety-one. Yeah, he definitely uh, was. His last film, Hateful Eight, or did he do anything after that? Um, I, uh, I thought he did. Um, let me see. Just so I don't talk out of my ass. Uh, no, Hateful Eight. I don't know, some movie called Correspondence. Huh. And some short, a couple documentaries and a couple of shorts. Yeah, that dude was but like just crazy it, it, active. Yeah, 520 credits. <clears throat> and, um, you know, like a few of them are in the last couple of years mm-hmm. whenever he was, you know, 89 years old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, him and John Williams are just not going to, like, you know, John Williams, I don't think it's going to stop until he dies either. Um, but no, I mean it wasn't like COVID or anything. It was a uh, complications from a femur break. Oh he broke God, his that leg. sucks. Yeah, uh, he bro- well he broke it like um, months ago, if I remember correctly. And I guess it was just like you know you get an infection in your bone or whatever, and you're ninety one years. Yeah, Not a good combination. Yeah, yeah, that's that's sad. But, but, I mean, the dude, the dude, like, basically revolutionized the whole genre of film music. Yeah. You know? It's like, before Western, before him, Westerns basically just sounded like uh, Aaron Copeland, which I know. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's like, uh, you know the, 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 those beef commercials? Yeah. That had that song? 
that's that's Copeland, right? And it's like that song was actually used in a bunch of westerns and stuff like that. I don't um, know the song you're talking about, but I know what westerns sounded like prior to that. It, it, yeah, it's just like it's like big body music, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then he comes in with you know trumpets and digitized coyote howls. Yeah, and like, and now that's what all westerns sound like. Well, not so, all the good ones. The I'm good sure ones. there's. I'm sure there's still some. <laughs> Papa, I'm the happiest cowboy. <laughs> okay, I'm not talking like Gene Autry and stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about just like the big, like in-your-face orchestral scores. Yeah, that some of them have. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy that he won like one oscar ever yeah and it was <laughs> was it the hateful eight it was the hateful eight yeah i remember he was kind of shitty about it too he was like wow i've been doing this forever and come out of retirement and you guys gave me an you know like because i think he did actually retire and came back but which would make sense because he was 91 and that movie was five years ago so he would have been 86 <laughs> yeah. yeah good lord uh, yeah well, all right. Well, you got anything else? Uh, w- uh, another thing. I don't think it's in any way confirmed or not, but just curiosity. How do you feel about Kevin Bacon taking over the reins of Freddy Krueger? Well, I feel like in some, on some level, there's a part of me that wants to uh, make sure that Robert England's happy with it, which he is. Yeah, you know? he, he was actually, he suggested him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, think, I think Kevin Bacon's awesome <laughs> in movies. I think he's mm-hmm. a great genre actor, even though he's one of those people that have been in quite a few horror films, but uh, seems to be a bigger movie star, quote-unquote, than most horror actors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he, he wouldn't, isn't he in one that's like out right now? Or is yeah, about something... To be it's that one that kind of looks like I don't know what it's called, but it's the one that kind of looks like a House of Leaves, where the house is bigger inside than outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that trope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not used enough. Um, but he, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel good about it. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I think it'd be great too. Um, I mean, he's definitely uh, established that he can play like a sort of lecherous type character. Right, the woodsman, um, huh? <laughs> the woodsman, that movie, the oh. woodsman. He was a pedophile in that movie. He was also a pedophile uh, in Sleepers. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I was thinking more of like Hollow Man, and like even even uh, Wild Things. He was kind of like a like a almost pedophile. <laughs> He was. Well, I mean, he was like a sexual. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Well, I can't remember. I mean, not that it matters, but I was about to go. Well, were they seventeen or eighteen? <laughs> like, you know, like, I don't think wild things. Like, wait, wait, wait. What state were they in? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I don't think wild things even addressed that. Did it? Like. It wasn't that it the it, the hinge of it wasn't that it was statutory. The hinge of it was that he met uh, Dylan raped them, right? Something. Like I mean, that. like I rewatched it recently. I don't believe it ever. <laughs> it ever mentioned their age, but it, no, I don't think it did. They were just like they were like high school seniors. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. that's why I was like, well, were they? You know, but either way, like it's frowned upon if it's eighteen, but it's illegal if it's seventeen. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, he was a piece so of shit in that movie short, too. Yeah, great. He, I think you'd make good Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's a piece of shit in that movie. Yeah, he plays a piece of shit well. He does. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and no, what I'm saying is like, you know, he Freddy Krueger, at least in the first film, it was heavily implied that he was a pedophile. Yeah. Well, not just a child killer. You know? Yeah. No, it was it was it was heavily implied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean No, I don't think uh I don't that, really remember much of the remake. 
but it almost like almost pointed to him being framed in that one didn't it they claim that i don't remember i saw it once in theaters and that was it but i don't remember walking away being like he was framed (laughs) (laughs) justice for Freddy. (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i don't uh i don't remember that but maybe i think it was more ambiguous than that one yeah like but but yeah, I, I think it's it would have been a better film altogether. Not a better film. It's a better lore if if he was innocent of everything and they, they oh absolutely ki- you know killed him. So he's like you know fuck y'all. Then, I'll kill you on your side. Kind of becomes a little too sympathetic for some sort of demon dream monster. True, <laughs> true. But also he. I mean, there's also that weirdness of, like, they made him likable in the latter sequels. You know, because, like, at some point in the Friday the 13th movies, you're just, like, it's body count movies. And you're like, fuck yeah, Jason. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so, like, so like same thing with the with those, with the whole, it's prime, welcome to prime time, bitch, and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, like, it, but then you're like, oh, yeah, is this guy a pedophile? <laughs> Not sure, you know what I'm saying. So I think I think at least it gets rid of that if he was <laughs> like I don't want I don't want a sympathetic pedophile. I'd rather have like a a sympathetic weird dream killer, a huge pedophile. <laughs> no, nah, the '80s were a weird time. <laughs> whatever we were going for there oh yeah kevin bacon yeah i think he'd be great um yeah because it really does kind of rub you the wrong way whenever people do take over things on you know without the blessing of their predecessor you know like uh the new you know scooby-doo where matthew Lillard's oh, like well, that one had a huge like backlash because they weren't even like asked you know what I mean? Like they weren't even like approached, you know? Yeah, but I don't feel like that backlash hurt their bottom line. I think that they did like well over a hundred million in VOD. Yeah, because <laughs> everyone is, you know, in the <laughs> in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a great time to release a movie on a captive audience. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, and you know, as much and I do love Scooby Doo. But I didn't really like that movie. Yeah, I was about to ask. I don't think I ever asked you. Uh, I think we talked about it briefly on here that it's just kind of like a Hanna Barbera's greatest hits character movie. Mm-hmm. It was like that. Yeah, rather that's right. Than, I just I like Scooby Doo because it leans into horror tropes, and I can watch it with my daughter. But even if she wasn't around, I'll still watch Scooby Doo. <laughs> I like Scooby Doo, <laughs> uh, especially Mystery Incorporated. That's so good. Yeah, that's the one that's actually yeah, real monsters right? and shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like when they don't have like monster, like actual monsters, all the people are named like, you know, like oh, here's Professor John Carpenter and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> it's like it's, and you know, let's go to Mister Craven's Lake and stuff like that. Like it, it's all like horror inspired. But anyway, uh, you got anything else before we get into? the book no all right we'll be right back with our review of wrath james white's skins all right we're back with skins written by wrath james white uh okay so i'm gonna read the the official synopsis it's like technically i guess the back of the book okay The mosh pits have become a war zone. The hardcore punk scene in the 1980s Philadelphia was legendary, and Mac and Jason were at the center of it all, going to shows and fighting Nazi skinheads. In the streets, there is a new gang, the Unrest. They started as a shitty hardcore band, but became the center of those filled with hate and rage. The Unrest are here to clean the city of the queers and the lesser races. Fighting is no longer enough for Mac and Jason, their enemy is becoming too strong and too eager to inflict the worst kinds of pain of death. To get the streets back, they must be willing to go further than ever before. Now they must be willing to kill. That's it. It says, from the modern master of hardcore horror, Raph James White, comes a novel of street-level violence, hardcore punk, and passion of friendship. 
Yeah, and that that kind of summarizes it. Um, yeah. So, End so of review. Yeah. So, what do you give? <laughs> no, um, no. I mean that that really does summarize it. It goes into like uh, the ins and outs and complexities of their friendship and all this stuff. It, it centers on a character named Mac. I would yeah. say. It, well, it tells you know goes back and forth between member or fans of the unrest and I'd say they're members were, were they they went to a secret meeting in the woods <laughs> that, that normally does but they weren't like usually, members they were usually when you go to a secret meeting in the woods you're a part of that organization true but they weren't a part of the band no right. i mean there was like a hundred of them they're not they're not a ska band right <laughs> slipknot <laughs> uh no, um, yeah, so that's what I meant by, like, fans, but, yeah. Yeah, because it started off as a as a hardcore band called The Unrest and then became, like, basically a gang. Yeah, and by the time that, you know, the narrative of this novel takes place, it just kind of references them as, like, a, a band that existed in the past, but they still yeah. frequented shows and people still quoted them and stuff like that. Um... And so, you know, you have this member, uh, uh, this, not member, <laughs> the opposite side. It's a tale between uh, Mac and his friend James. And Mac is like, it said he was one of five African Americans in the punk scene, right? Yeah. Jason, but yes. Well, what did I say? You said James. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. So, yeah, Mac's like one of five African Americans in the punk scene. In Philadelphia at the time, and his favorite hobby is beating the dog shit <laughs> out of uh, uh, white white supremacists and skinheads and and all of that. Um, and yeah, this was this was a different book than what I was expecting. And even given the summary, it was different. What, what were you yeah. going to say? No, I was going to say the same thing. Um, like. You know, I never read what a book is about before I read it, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and so um, largely I know they tell you not to do this, but my first impression of a book is usually its cover mm -hmm. and it's like the cover to this one is a skinhead dude with like the dentistry thing that holds your mouth open. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, I went into this thinking it was going to be like basically splatterpunk revenge on Nazi porn. Yeah. You know what, what, what I was thinking? And, and this is going to come off wrong and I don't mean it to, <laughs> but what I got, no, no. And this is, this is, no, this I just is, like pre warnings because, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just funny. So what I got was uh sort of eighties, hardcore, my little pony. And by what I mean by that is the friendship of magic or like magic of friendship sort of thing going on because it really was uh, just like more about like Mac and Jason, you know, than it was anything else there, uh, you know, um, or it, and then if you want to get into the flip side of it um, with the with the skinhead narrative with like Bo and little Davey little Davy <laughs> and, and, and Skinner and stuff, um, that sort of bond of friendship gone wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everyone in it for themselves on that side. Yeah. And, and, and so, and, and falling in with, with people who are your friends, quote unquote, but not there to be with you, you know, not that there before you. Whereas like, um, some of Mac and Jason, like got <laughs> real real close like, <laughs> yeah it, it had a little homoeroticism to it a little bit <laughs> but and they even called that out in the in the narrative you know that yeah. that there were multiple characters well i i guess just uh jason multiple times he and i guess in Max's head, he thought about it once or twice that he, you know, that they just yeah. absolutely loved each other. And then there was a, a, a 
girl that Jason liked, her name was Breezy, and she's like, well, yeah, I always thought you and Mac were an item. And yeah. he was like, he's like, wait, Mac, Mac, no, I mean, we're best friends. I love the guy, but no. And she's like, and okay, I just, I just thought you were an item, you know. So yeah, it, it definitely almost had like super bad levels of you know <laughs> them their their love for each other as friends you know yeah and and i caught on that too that these are like flip sides of the coin where one side hates this other side because the other side is racist and evil and shit like that and then the other side just hates everybody <laughs> you know hates yeah. anyone different than them and 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 that even applied to their friendship, you know. Uh, now there were shades of gray with uh, with like what happened when a member of Mac and, and Jason's friends something bad happened there with them, and I'm not going yeah. to spoil it. But you know, there's shades of gray in that narrative uh, where the these characters were. I hate to say believable in this context because it's not like an everyday occurrence. Um, what happened with Billy and all that. But um, I guess just so they weren't like, I don't know, what's the male equivalent of Mary Sue's? You <laughs> Mary <know>? Sue's? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they weren't like that. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, these were individuals that were there were shades of gray in their morality too, but by and large, they stood up for, for what was right. Well, I mean, there were shades of gray in the, in Bo, one of the neo-Nazis only, too. Only, only Bo. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I like the fact that at, at some point, um, little Davy is called out on exactly what we were all. Well, I don't know what we were all thinking, but exactly what I was thinking that like, you know, you hate all these people because they were shits to you. And in this case, little Davey hated black people because uh, they were shitheads to him when he grew up in an all black school. But it was just like, I don't know, kids are shitheads. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's not a black kids thing. Kids are terrible people. <laughs> and literally, literally one of the characters, not long after I was thinking that. Uh, it, it, one of the characters is like, but you know, you hate you hate them for that. But kids are just terrible. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. huh? Uh, expert storytelling, Mister Mister White, because I uh, <laughs> it it literally answered the question on my mind. Um, I will say, Little Davy is almost as evil of a brooding type uh, bad guy as like a Henry Bowers or something. You know what? I actually was thinking the same exact thing the entire time. I was like, this is Henry Bowers in the hardcore punk scene. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just like there was just something about him that had the same feeling to him, right? Like the, the same sort of characterization. And it's just like he just didn't have a clown talking to him from the moon. Yeah, yeah, which is scarier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have a supernatural guiding force. It's just, uh, it's just you're a real evil piece of shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this book. Um, so, like I said, it it was different than what I thought it was going to be. Like you, I thought that it was gonna. You know, I knew that it it was going to be. Um, you know, focus on, on racism and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. like you, I thought that it was going to be a little more cartoony in its violence, even though I don't know why I thought that. I mean, we're dealing with I cartoony. <laughs> well, no, not cartoony, but you know, splatterpunk where, where uh, it had gore for gore's sake and, and shit like yeah. that. There, there were some gory parts in this. So let's make no mistake about that. Well, that's what I was going to say. A lot of the, the gory and, uh, you know, explicit, uh, explicit violence. There was no like laughing about literally any of it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It no, wasn't. No, I mean, it was, it, I'd say, you know, there was only a couple of times where it really, really happened, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe five times in the whole entire book, mm -hmm. right. Where there was like these, uh, moments of extreme violence, but when they happened, they were like, Gew. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially the one. Oh my God, I was sitting there like, like when is this one gonna end? This is so the bad. last one. Yeah, well, I don't. I mean, I guess the last one's kind of the clash between the gangs, right? 
Oh yeah, but, well, yeah. But. You're talking about Little Davy in the woods and the and the Gumby. Yeah. yeah, that was like, what the fuck, man? That's not cool at all. <laughs> and I know that it wasn't trying to play it like as if it's cool, but it, it you know it wasn't like it. It just kept pushing boundaries. Like, just when is this gonna cut away, man? <laughs> like, like at some point, you know. But but I guess that's why he's uh, Rap James White is kind of a. Uh, hardcore you know extreme horror legend you know he uh he doesn't really cut away <laughs> yeah uh, no i mean in <clears throat> i don't know um no it was it was it was good <laughs> uh so so um you know like we used to be in a punk rock band i guess technically we never broke up but you know, we were part of the hardcore scene. We weren't like, or not hardcore scene, but we were part of the the scene. Punk scene. We go to the occasional yeah. hardcore show. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, it's like we would see occasional, like skinhead esque yeah. people, especially depending on who we played with. Uh-huh. But they were it more was like never like, huh? And they're more like the oi boy type. By the time we yeah, got into it, where it it's wasn't like, necessarily. I mean, like, and also this is you know the early 2000s yeah right um and but surprisingly in texas and we still didn't see i was thinking Uh, about that oh go ahead yeah but but no i mean it's just like we would see sort of um i guess offshoot remnants of that sort of thing depending on who we played with but there would be i i think i remember the not with us but like the occasional like scuffle would happen or somebody would get an elbow a little too hard in the mosh pit and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of glad because I'm <laughs> I never a realist, saw that. I was thinking yeah, that, too. that, that we weren't in there in like the, the part where it was basically, you know, um, gangs of New York, you know, all out brawls <laughs> in the middle of <laughs> shows yeah. and stuff in the parking lot. Um, yeah, I right. mean, I know that there's been a resurgence of that what? in recent years. Um, <laughs> I know there was a big thing at Fitzgerald's a few years back where where that happened. And rest in peace, Fitzgerald's. Yeah, and um, somewhere I want to say it was in San Francisco. I, I don't know. It was right around the same time because they there was a story that covered them both. And basically, in California, they just beat the dog shit out of these people and kick their ass out of the club, you know. But and beat he, the shit out of the Nazis. Yes, beat the okay, shit out good. of the Nazis and threw them out of the club. <laughs> but uh, they were talking about that as like a resurgence. But no, I agree. Like we were active for probably seven or eight years, like actual active playing a whole lot, yeah. right? And we would see like the Oi Boys where where they'd have the shaved heads and shit, but they weren't really pulling Nazi shit, but they were pulling tough guy shit. Yeah. yeah. And most people hated them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was thinking about it. The only time I've ever seen full-blown skinheads at a punk show I've seen it twice, and they weren't at like our shows or anything, but it, they've both been uh, at at the queers shows yeah i could see that because that that doesn't surprise me at all but but yeah the the queers sing i mean don't get me wrong they're not left wingers and they're pretty openly not left wingers but they also are not sympathetic to any of that shit either they make fun of oi boys in their songs and they are not above just jumping off stage and even as old as they are jumping off stage and no matter who's causing the shit just just uh doing stuff you know yeah but i've seen them so many times uh that it's it's uh i i don't know i've seen them last time i saw them was probably 4 years ago but i think i've seen them like 7 times and i've seen mm-hmm. that at two of their shows um, yeah. one at uh what was it walters uh, the small not walters what the hell is that warehouse live but the small walters is gone now too really yeah it's been gone for years Uh, it's like a trendy bar now well the other time was at the secret group with gutter mouth and the queers Mm -hmm. yeah and there wasn't many and i just kind of was like uh 
And they weren't pulling shit, but they were at Warehouse Live. It was them and, yeah, it wasn't good. But (laughs) long story short, I agree. I'm happy that our band uh, didn't have a lot of that shit going on at the shows. Yeah. Um, Or really any of that shit going on at the shows. That would have sucked. All right. But, uh... Oh, back to the story. Um, I think uh, I think some of the strengths of this it was that whole, you know, like we touched on earlier, the strengths of the story to me was the power of friendship, how evil of an enemy this is, you know, mm. and pervasive. And and I I liked that there was some some nuance of moral ambiguity with with people like Bo. And stuff like that, where it was like, yeah, he, he, it was almost like he was tricked. It was almost like he was too dumb not to get pulled into this shit. You know what I'm saying? His wasn't coming. I think there is some people, um, who, who just want some sort of sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. And then that's like, you know, the, the first place they get it. And so they stick with it. Yeah. You know, and it happens the other way too. For sure. Like, like for instance, um, Mac wasn't like a hardcore kid until he was like accepted by like Jason and the other people around him, and then became part of that scene. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's like it's sort of you adapt to those who are around you and treat you as friends, mm-hmm. right? Um, or some people do that. Um, so it's just the danger of kind of falling into the wrong crowd and being an impressionable youth. Yeah. Because, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was very strong storytelling. I, I thought little Davy was a very memorable bad guy. I thought this whole book was memorable. Um, it kind of reminded me a little bit, Obviously, this came out after the book was written, because I think this book was from 2015. Yeah. Presumably written before that. Probably not written over a weekend in 2015 or anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, this did remind me of, like, obviously the green room. Um, but, you know, there was a level of heart in it that really, other than the whole Henry Bowers thing, it, it, did, it did harken back to, uh, like, Almost Stephen Kingy to me, like a more hardcore Stephen King tale, even mm. though he his is more supernatural. And I don't really believe that uh, anything in this touched even close to supernatural. No. So anyway, uh, I I do I I am glad you said the Henry Bowers thing too because I was thinking about it like the entire time, mm-hmm. like you know every um every little Davy chapter. I was just like, this feels like the Henry Bowers chapters and it, mm-hmm. you know, minus the clown moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I really like this. Would you, how'd you No, I mean like, you know, uh, I have a, I have a certain soft spot in, in, you know, for this sort of thing for uh, it, it, it brings up a, certain level of nostalgia you know just bit from being in a scene for a while right mm-hmm. um and so but i don't think that that was the the main thing that um made me enjoy this as much as i did mm-hmm. right like i thought all the characters had their like a unique voice right they were interesting um you know you you got invested in them the the parts that were splatter punky were very splatter punky um but overall it was just a, a a really well done story about you know a kid in a way trying to like just figure out where he's going to be in life you know or where he's been wanting to go or what he wants to do for the future and the, the things that kind of get in the way of that. Um, it, you know, it was, it was a lot deeper of a story 
than a lot of splatterpunk has. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. I think I, I would give it like a solid four. I would too. That's exactly where I wanted to, or where I was going to land. You know, you know what else this reminded me of? Do you remember we read, God, it's probably been years ago, but there was a book just like hell by Nate Southerd. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that. And, and a, and in the fact of, you know, just evil in, in this book, it was evil as you know, racism and that book, it was uh, homophobia, I believe, but you know, it kind of had that same level of just fucked up unwarranted violence. Mm-hmm. and stuff and it really reminded me of that i don't know if it if i don't know why other than just maybe i need to go back and read that book but i probably won't because i don't normally <laughs> go back and read books <laughs> but there was something about this that did remind me of just like hell by nate southern but anyway no yeah i would say four out of five you know this is not for um I would say that this is not for anyone sensitive to race issues. Um, and it's not for anyone sensitive to violence or anything like that. This is a book about uh, people people getting revenge on, on basically Nazi, you know, neo-Nazi skinheads. And mm-hmm. so this isn't, uh, I would give it a four out of five with the caveat that, you know, you, you better know that you're, you, what you're getting into before you do that. Well, the, the, the typeface on the book, on the cover of the title, uh, has the, the SS logo on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you would presumably think that, um, y- 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 it would deal with Nazis presumably <laughs> and and you know the whole uh, somebody's just like yeah lightning bolts <laughs> yep um, but all right well i guess we'll be back with our review of yummy all right we're back we are talking yummy by I don't know, it's still loading. Uh, uh, this is directed by <laughs> Lars Demasoy. Demaso Demoiso D A M O I S E A U X. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that. Super professional. <laughs> All of it. From the loading to the... <laughs> All right. So the summary of it is a young couple travels to a shady Eastern European hospital for bre- plastic surgery. The young woman wants a breast reduction. Her mother comes along for yet another facelift. Wandering through an abandoned ward, the boyfriend stumbles upon a young woman gagged and strapped to an operating table. She's the result of experimental rejuvenation treatment. He frees her, but doesn't realize she's patient zero, and he just caused the outbreak of a virus that will con- change the doctor's patients and his mother-in-law into bloodthirsty zombies. That puts... That's, a, that's like the whole movie. That's like the entire plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or at least the, the entire plot of the first like 40 minutes of it. Yeah, because then after that, it's just chaos. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just so this is a zombie movie, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Um, it is uh, a what's Scandinavian? I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Oh my God, why are we doing this without <laughs> Belgium? Ah, okay. It's from it's from Belgium. Um, <clears throat> but so it's a uh, zombie movie from Belgium. Right. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, that, that that plot right there basically gave away most of what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, down to the reason why they went to the plastic surgery place at the beginning and like to begin with. <laughs> yeah. And this movie was weird. It was weird for me. The tone was all over the place, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually going to say like, it, there's there's a lot of it that um, is played for comedy, right? But it's almost like they they went like half cocked on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it it's not 
so comedic that it's slapstick, like um, Evil Dead 2 or, uh, oh God, what's the Peter Jackson movie? Dead Alive. Dead Alive. You know where it's like played for, it's a comedy, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's parts of it that are played like so serious. Yeah, that it almost like negates all the humor. Mm-hmm. I said that it almost negates all the humor. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and, but but that's what I'm saying is like it's not humor enough to where it actually goes into like a slapstick horror comedy thing. It's like there's a couple of points where it seems like that's what they're trying, right? But it doesn't go far enough. And so, like like I said, it just feels very uneven, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I don't know. I mean, there, there's there's some things that I think it it, it is unique. Mm-hmm. Among the other zombie entrance or entries, right? Because let's be honest, zombies are very overused. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, and and it takes something unique to make like an interesting zombie movie. Now, you know, like Blood Quantum was pretty interesting because it had like a unique spin on it, mm-hmm. right? This was. Um, zombie outbreak in a hospital right yeah which i don't know i'm not sure that's actually ever happened before but it's not like the hospital actually they didn't do anything in the hospital you know what i mean like it, it wasn't like um really a reason to be there yeah you know what i mean um now uh, that being said, I think uh, the whole um, reason the zombie out- outbreak started was kind of unique, um, you know, and it's one of the ones where it's that they actually tell you what causes the zombie outbreak. Mm-hmm. But even then, that didn't go into um, extreme enough detail to make it a unique story. No, and it kind of veered into just like being like, this is God's punishment on us for manipulating, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When hell is full. Yeah. That sort of thing. Oh my gosh, yeah. But but I mean, like, I thought, uh, how how spoilery were we going with this? I wouldn't say too spoilery because it's brand new. Yeah, it like literally just came out. (laughs) (laughs) But okay. But there is a part where um, our... Uh, I don't know if he. I wouldn't really consider him to be the main character. I, I don't think know Allison that this film had character. one. Huh? <laughs> so I don't know that this film had one. I'd say Allison's probably the main character, but her her the boyfriend Michael. There's a point where he like stumbles into this sort of lab, <gasps> right? Like it where it's the... kind of the what the reason why all the zombies are happening. Mm-hmm. And I thought there was some y- unique uh, things that could have happened there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the problem was they killed off one of the characters that could have explained anything that was going on before any of that happened. Right. So it's like, if you're, if you're doing this um, neat idea, like about, okay, I have this unique story of how zombie apocalypse started, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, why don't you want to tell that? Maybe they didn't have an idea, but they wanted to make it sound original. I could say that. That's Maybe. what I would do. I, I hearken back to, okay. So <laughs> since the movie will never be released, you know, pillow fright, there was a point that literally like it all hinged on them reversing the polarity yeah, <laughs> just because it was like, ah, fuck it, no one will really give a shit. <laughs> like, I just need something to get from here to there, and so that's what I think about massive plot holes like that, or massive holes in the movie. And it's weird that you don't like Star Trek because that's like literally what they do every time. <laughs> yeah. Is is like you maybe know, I don't like oh, it. <laughs> we need to, you know, we need to reverse the um, dilithium flow. And make a warp bubble 
and stuff and you're like oh well that's genius and then whatever <laughs> yeah i don't like star trek because it's too predictable <laughs> no, no i i just hadn't watched enough or intend to watch you're any. never going to no, that's what i said I, hey at least i'm honest i'm not yeah. gonna i'm not gonna watch it <laughs> but i don't know the like i think you're right that the tone was very uneven to me um, there were parts that I really wanted to see more of, um, and then parts that were just a little, um, I don't know. I don't want to say bland, but it's stuff we've kind of seen before. It's weird. Um, it's weird. Okay, so, like, you got me thinking, like, Shaun of the Dead did did humor and comedy well, but there's a clear defining point where, it's, where the humor gets dialed back, and it goes into drama and that's yes. what this never did this had like almost european sex comedy like didn't it like there was one scene in particular that was straight up european sex comedy where the brand in the first scene no. where she parked at the red light and everyone's like looking like oh no mr no. bean levels about, of acting. Uh, the scene with the um tv star Yes, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was a good scene, though. <laughs> I, that, I'm not going to lie, that scene elicited an out loud laugh from me. And oh, yeah. Maybe the great. only scene in the movie that did. But, yeah. uh, but no, I mean, like, it really, like, bounced between, like, like, so many boob jokes, right? About how big her boobs were. Yeah. And she was like self conscious, and I'm like, man, I don't know if this is like this is. They shouldn't be doing this. so many. Of this. She's self conscious about it, guys. You know, um, she's self conscious. Yeah. So, guys, come on. Yeah, and so anyway, <laughs> and so anyway, uh, so many of those. But then it was, it, it's like it did that. And then would almost get to where, okay, we're kind of getting at a good horror movie, a good zombie movie. And then it would just do that shit again. Or or, yeah. or that guy that, you know, there was uh, one of the uh, staff members that kept hitting on her. And and it was weird. Like, it became like a love triangle in the middle that of the movie. was a dick. He was, but she, she was terrible, too, because she kept just like... Like every single thing she'd run into his arms right after. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it was like, okay, so he was the, her boyfriend. You know, it says that he was going to be a doctor, but he's scared of blood, which, <laughs> by the way, um, I thought that would have, you know, that was going to be like a funny thing. It's like, oh, well, it's a dude to zombie movie that's like marketed as a super gory movie, but he's scared of blood. That's going to be fun. And then, like, eh. But, <laughs> but but yeah, it's like as soon as she saw him like pass out or whatever, it yeah. was like, oh well, let's go with bleach blonde guy over here. Yeah, with Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah. Didn't he look like Johnny Lee Miller from Hackers? Um, it was it was not. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it, it's like like she knew that before <laughs> she knew that he was afraid of blood before yeah, exactly she's the one that explained it <laughs> yeah. yeah i know it was weird the whole movie was weird i it's got a huge like a great rotten tomatoes for a horror movie i think it's like at 76 percent, and i knew that before i went into it so i was i think my expectations were a little up i didn't dislike this movie i would watch it again i would recommend it to someone that's a fan of dead alive and overly gory movies for gore's sake, but yeah, but let, let, oh, go so ahead. if I can if I can interrupt you, the effects like the practical effects on the show were like top notch. Yeah, they were really like, good. They were good. Um, I mean, it's it's clearly a low budget film, right? But it's like it's it, I would say it's like ninety five percent practical effects. Mm-hmm. Right. And they are good. Um, there's, you know, a couple of the old staples like, you know, zombies ripping out people's intestines and stuff, um, you know, thanks to Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Right. <laughs> but uh, then there's like some plays on it. Like there's one zombie that's eating her own intestines. Yeah. That scene was great. And, and like, and, and so it's like a lot of the effects were so good. Um, and there was even like some, some CG in it that was really, really well done too, which, um, you know, uh, for a low budget movie, you usually run into like comping problems, like, uh, you know, not as bad, but similar to like Hercules, the legendary journeys where it's like, you can clearly tell that things not in the scene with them, you know, yeah. but that didn't have, this didn't have any of that. Right. Like the, the CG effects that were in it were either really subtly done like that lady with the chemical feel, feel uh-huh. um, or just really well done. They were solid CG, solid practical effects. It was really good looking but i don't know i think that the the tone of it is what took me out the most yeah yeah the unevenness of it um but you know like you said uh, hey it's new content it's new horror content whatever i'm i'm happy to have it i guess (laughs) you know yeah i'm i don't regret watching it in any in any way shape or form it just didn't really take many boxes for me. Um, I mean, you know, like we said, zombies are kind of played out and zombie comedy or horror comedies are only good if they're good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, so. I, I think there's a high bar that you have to go over now to um, to make a zombie movie that's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's like there there's something there you have to bring something to the table that's um unique mm-hmm. and a, and a and a new spin or else it just kind of falls into the horde of other zombie movies that are out there already. Yeah. No, I agree. Um and and this one had some flashes of that, but I don't think it really made it all the way to me. Nope. Same, same here. But you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say slightly better than, than middle of the road, uh, only because it's new and I wouldn't, you know, like, I don't know. There's no lore built up around it or anything, and I could see it as the type of movie that turns into like a midnight movie, you know? Yeah. So I'm gonna go with a three out of five. Uh, slightly better than than middle of the road. Yeah, I was going to go solid three. You know, it's it's not a bad movie by any stretch, um, but it just didn't it just didn't grab me as much as I was kind of hoping it would. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it was solid, though. And like, I don't know, that effects team was good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they were. So. so, well, cool. Well, I guess that is our episode. We will Yay. see y'all next week when we talk with the collective known as, or, or next two weeks. Uh, when we talk to the collective known as Cerberus and uh, uh, we're uh, what film? Oh, we're going to be covering the platform and then book wise. I don't know what we're doing. So <laughs> anyway, we will be back in two weeks the podcast you just heard is part of the b&e network brought to you by bmovies and ebooks.com <laughs>